0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
1: All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. So the Oil Kings getting ready to go against Seattle. Uh, Someone just sent me a message on Twitter. How do they watch the game? So the Oil Kings game at 7.30 on TSN1 and TSN4 to get it on television. And if you're uh, listening to it, you stream it through the website, oilkings.ca. Andrew Peard and Guy Flaming will be describing the action for you. So TSN1, tsn Four has it on TV, oilkings.ca has the radio broadcast as they try to win the WHL championship against the Seattle Thunderbirds. Blue Jays cruising tonight, 9-0 lead over Baltimore. That is in the bottom of the fifth couple RBIs for Vladdy Jr. Uh, Actually, every Blue Jays starter, starting batter, has uh, already has at least one hit tonight the blue jays with nine runs and 14 hits still batting in the bottom of the fifth they have not hit a home run in this game oddly enough but uh, they are taking it to the orioles tonight nine nothing in the fifth elks against saskatchewan saturday on 6 30 chad 5 30 for the countdown to kick off game at seven the elks own one on the season saskatchewan one and oh the uh Oilers uh, slash Bakersfield Condors re signing Brad Malone to a two year, two way contract. Miko Koskinen, goaltender, formally announced today he's going to play for Lugano in the Swiss League and Game Five of the NBA Finals just getting underway. That is between boston and golden state and the series tied 2-2 780-496-0063 is how you get in touch the hotline powered by Teed, the pro's choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling system Certainteed pro all the way kellen what do we have for written correspondence
2: we have written correspondence about the oil kings this might be a little bit early on in the going right now reed but rick uh texts in and asks what's the status on dylan gunfner
1: for tonight that is a good question Uh, I believe he was doubtful for tonight. Uh, I did not actually hear Brad Lauer's media availability today. I'm going to check right now. I don't think he's playing, but I will uh, find out and hopefully have an answer for you in the next 10 minutes or so.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'll jump on the next question here. This was an Oilers related one for you. Uh, this is from Sonny in Vancouver. What? or sorry, he says, Hi, Reed, what's with the cap situation if Smith and Keefe retire? Has the NHL clarified the rules on cap recapture and retirement of a contract signed over 35 years of age?
1: Uh, short answer is no. And I, I believe Stoff was talking about this earlier today, that they may change the rules. So the Oilers wouldn't benefit the cap recapture from a contract that was signed by the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I, there was a rule. they may They may change the rule. That's my latest understanding of it.
2: All right. And you are up to
1: date. Okay, good. Thank you for checking in, guys. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. week. Yeah, that's an interesting story. I know Stoff talked about it uh, more today. Dylan Gunther is not playing tonight. Okay. Confirmed. Uh, Dylan, he might not. Yeah, and then if there's a game seven tomorrow, so we might not see him again until the Memorial Cup, and hopefully that's where the Oil Kings are headed. Yeah, I know Stoff was uh, talking about that earlier today on his show. The capture, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense to change the rule midstream when a team might be thinking one thing about a player and then they, they they don't get the cap recapture to work that way. But uh, I'm glad that texture brought that up. That is something to keep an eye on for sure. All right. Tampa Bay lightning. They're in the Stanley cup final again, their television play by play voice. An old friend of the show is Dave Randorf. Dave, how are you doing?
0: Always good uh, to be with you, Reed. And uh, I'm doing great. I mean, the team that I cover is going to another Stanley cup final. So this is an exciting time to be a hockey broadcaster personally
1: yeah I'll say you timed it perfectly eh? so is this your is this your third year with the lightning or your second year <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's my second I was not around for the first one in the bubble uh, but I I'm two for two for Stanley Cup finals it's my uh, time as the voice of the lightning well which is pretty
1: cool and and let's dive into this most recent series win against the Rangers because it didn't start so well and it looked like maybe new york's gonna get them maybe tampa bay you know they've won a lot of series in a row maybe this is the one that didn't doesn't go their way did something drastically change for you after game two or how do you sort of sum up them coming back and winning four
0: in a row well first of all i will say that let's talk about how they got into the hole in the first place Uh, they swept the florida panthers in the second round which nobody really expected and that really threw their game off and Probably the most the affected member of the Lightning was their goaltender, Andre Vasilevsky. He's a just like many goalies, you, you, you're all about rhythm and schedule and routine and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden you got eight or nine days off and uh you know they try to replicate some stuff in some strenuous practices but i think it showed up there big time with their team game and their defensive structure in games one and two against an opportunistic and 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 hot rangers team they were coming in off a game seven win against the carolina hurricanes they were feeling good they brought it home and they jumped on the lightning and scored six goals right off the bat but it really started to turn around even though they lost game two. It started to turn around in the middle of the third period of game two. They lost game two. It was a lot closer. It was 3-2. Zibanejad got the game-winning goal. And so, yes, the Lightning come home uh, down 2 nothing. but they knew they were starting to, you know, the wheels were starting to turn again, and they were starting to get into their defensive structure. They weren't giving up the puck. They gave up the puck 28 times in game one. That is a massive number for the Lightning, or any team for that matter, that can fancies themselves a contender. So they weren't careful with the puck. They were giving up east-west passes, uh, giving up way too many odd man rushes, and Vasilevski probably wasn't his sharpest. And that's quickly started to correct itself. It's, this team's very good at self-correcting. They, we've, I've seen it a hundred times. With them and, and that's exactly what happened uh although i will say you know they come home down uh, uh into game three and down in tampa and they're down two nothing uh they weren't playing poorly but they did find themselves down two nothing but just the way they were playing you could see there was a breakthrough coming and sure enough there was and they won that game late on a goal by andre Pallott, and that really kick-started things and they won four straight and won it, once again went into shutdown mode Uh, when you know by the time game six rolled around the the rangers were worn down they were out of gas and the lightning that break that i started this answer with that hurt them at the start helped them in the end because they were fresher
1: obviously this is a historic run for the lightning winning 11 consecutive playoff series that's only happened a couple other times that a team has won 11 or more in nhl history have have they talked about that does that come up or do they deflect that i mean this is a uh this is a legacy sort of run
0: that they're on here and no doubt about it the only other two teams uh the new york islanders 19 straight wins if i'm not mistaken 18 or 19 uh, and 19, the, yeah, yeah. yeah and the montreal Canadiens of the 70s uh 113 in a row and then you got the lightning with 11 that's that's where this is this is historic and then and of course the islanders and habs did not have a salary cap to contend with on top of everything else so In a salary cap era, this is unheard of. And this is a special, special run that, listen, I know Oilers fans are still stinging from losing to the Avalanche and and all that that transpired there after a great season. But I I hope as a hockey fan, you just kind of take a moment to appreciate what you're seeing here, because this is something we won't see again anytime soon, probably. Uh, This has been a carefully constructed organization uh, and team uh, built to uh, withstand the loss of three key guys in Blake Coleman and Barclay Goodrow and Yanni Gord, a key line in their first two Stanley Cups. And they've been able to weather that with some additions. And uh, to answer your question, they're well aware that they are uh, on the cusp of something that, well, to being added to the list of the all-time teams of in NHL history, a dynasty three in a row. And, and that's been a motivating factor for them all season long. They don't talk about it a lot, but they are well aware. And I think that is going to be a huge part of the motivation factor. Now that they're they started 16 wins away. And now we're just four wins away. You are going to see guys selling out as if they aren't already, but they, you are going to see guys blocking everything uh, hungry and, and careful with the puck. Um, this is something special. They're well aware. All right, and and just before I let you go,
1: Dave, obviously Colorado has been a buzzsaw in the playoffs with only two losses. Um, Is there one thing that concerns you most about this matchup from a lightning
0: perspective? Well, um, you know, listen, Oilers fans, again, got a good look. We all get a good look at Colorado when we watch that conference file. And I think I'm not going to suggest they can't defend, but their identity probably is their high-flying, powerful offense led by a bunch of stars and McKinnon and Bacar and go on down the list, but they're up against the team that can defend. And, uh, the only thing that would concern me is if the lightning lost, their suddenly lost their structure in their way, but that's, that's how they've done it the last two years. And I'll give you a stat from game seven of the first round against the Leafs that they won 2 one on the road, uh, in their last nine wins read, they've allowed nine goals, total nine wins nine goals against that's how they do it and that's what the avalanche rub against yes the avalanche can light up everybody's Christmas tree and scoreboard but the lightning can defend as a team and they have the best goalie in the game that's that's one big factor too is that you know there's no question who's playing golf for the lightning whereas the avalanche is still you know who's it going to be is it going to be Francis is it going to be Kemper are we going to see a switch or what are we going to do so I think it's the classic you know, TNA loves to score against a team that learned a few years ago that you need to defend as well, and they'll have to break down that wall because the Lightning have got it up pretty tight right now. Dave, it's always a pleasure to have
1: you on the show. I know it's busy for you. Thanks for hopping on Inside Sportsman. I hope we can talk again soon.
0: Yeah, ring me up anytime. Always a pleasure to be on with you, Reed. Dave Randolph,
1: television play-by-play voice for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's going to be hosting some of the program for the Lightning here as they go into the Stanley Cup final against Colorado. Game one right here on 6.30, Chad, starting after the 6 o'clock news on Wednesday. The Elks this week with Morley Scott will kick off after 7.30 tonight. It's on every Monday during the Elks season. Morley will check in after the break. <laughs>
0: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com.
1: Oh, well, lots of leopard tonight, Kellen. Thanks for that. Great way to start the week. We we'll have to put on a couple of tracks from the new album. Yeah, why not? Ah, Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oil Kings getting set to go at Roger's place as they will try to win the WHL title tonight and move on to the Memorial Cup. That one's going to start at 7.30. Uh, Again, if you're looking to watch it, it is on TSN1 or TSN4. And uh, you can also, if you want to listen to it, it's not on quote-unquote conventional radio, but you can get it on the Oil Kings website, oilkings.ca. A lot of Edmonton Elks on your radio in the weeks and months to come including Saturday, the home opener. It starts at uh, 7. Our coverage will start at 5.30 here on 6.30, Chad. Our play-by-play voice is Morley Scott, who has the Elks this week coming up between 7.30 and 8.00. And uh, Morley, I said earlier, I hope the Elks this week is better than the Elks last week. That was a bruising loss on Saturday night.
2: Uh, It was hard. Yeah, that was hard. It was hard to watch, probably harder to play. And yeah, it was nothing went right, man. Right from the start, nothing went right uh, in that game. And, And it just kept adding up just they just piled on uh and i guess it could have been worse too because like uh, the the lions took a knee like three times right in the in the fourth quarter late gave the ball back to the to the elks at that point for another drive before the game ended so it, it could have been over 60 but the uh the lions took the gentlemanly way out uh late in the fourth quarter so
1: you know, yeah, and it was can't get anything but better now, right? Well, I, I hope so. I, I mean, I said that coming into this game, though, after last season, <laughs> I said it yeah. can't go worse than last year, and unfortunately, it it's up now. Look, I, I I know this is game one, and Chris Jones had made some changes, and there are some good players, and maybe. You'll have to enlighten me a little bit Morley, because you're around the team every, every day and I followed training camp probably less than I have in other years because of all the other stuff. But I, I feel like this is not a team of CFL rookies that was clueless. I mean, were there not some pretty experienced players here or high thought highly thought of players that, and maybe simply didn't perform on Saturday. Is that fair to say? Uh, that's part of it. But there were there was a, <clears throat> there was also a lot of uh, there were some rookies
2: in the lineup. I think there was like five guys on defense playing their first ever CFL game. So uh, you know that's that's part of it. I mean, you can't use that as an excuse because they're you know they're they've been playing football all their lives. It's a learning experience for them for sure. But yeah, they had they had a lot of guys playing their first game. A lot of guys playing their first game in a new system or back in a system. And and uh, to me, a lot of it was these guys haven't played together. much. right this that was really their first game that this group played together uh a lot of them know chris jones and have come from uh saskatchewan or toronto or back from when he coached them in edmonton but they just didn't they just didn't gel Uh, i mean they just they just just looked discombobulated uh, for the night, especially on defense, and that'll change. Like Chris Jones is a good defensive coach, uh, and he'll he'll he didn't like what he saw, obviously. And you you heard him on our post game show. And we're going to hear part of that uh, on the Elks this week coming up. You know, we couldn't tackle, we couldn't block, we couldn't you know uh, line up properly, we couldn't pressure, we couldn't uh, man cover. They just they just didn't do anything correctly on defense, and that'll change because he'll whip them into shape and he'll get. And they had some guys out of the lineup too, especially the defensive backfield guys who are will be starters weren't in the game and Aaron Grimes and Nafis Lyon so uh there were other guys too that that weren't playing as well so their full lineup wasn't in place for the game again no excuse
0: with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Still lost, give up 59 points, but uh, they, they will, I firmly believe they will get better, obviously, right? You can't get much worse, so,
1: yeah well yes uh fair enough <laughs> I mean and once you're losing by more than five touchdowns the final margin is almost a little bit uh, ir- irrelevant um did anybody I I'll, I'll ask this because I always try to be is find something positive did anybody play well in that game where you thought hmm, okay
2: One stat that I'll throw at you that is a stat we haven't seen for a long time around the Edmonton Elks uh, football team is punt returns. Uh, Jalen Marshall averaged 12 yards of return uh, in the game, and that's been a sore spot for this team for a long time. They did a pretty good job holding Lucky Whitehead uh, in return yards as well, so the cover units played well. It was uh, good to see Sergio Castillo come in and and punt pretty well in the game, went 3-for-3 in field goals, punted pretty well. And I also like the game Darrell Walker had. Um, caught, I, he, I think he was in the sixties or seventies for yards in the game, but, but caught some passes, muscled his way along the sidelines a couple of times. He looked like the old Darrell Walker that, that I remember. He, he's a guy who doesn't look big and tough and strong, but he plays that way. And there was that one play where he got to the one yard line. He just, he fought all as all his, you know, he fought with everything he had to get down there. It's a shame he couldn't get in because he hadn't scored a touchdown since 2019 when he was with Toronto. So uh, he just missed it by a yard, but I, I really liked the game Darrell Walker had. Uh, Kenny Lawler looked good too. Uh, I mean, he had he had 70 plus yards i believe and could have had more but had one big play called back on a on a penalty and he would have been over 100 yards otherwise so there, there were some bright spots not many but there were there were some things to build on for sure
1: all right well uh, i hope so And saskatchewan won 133 now was that game against hamilton wasn't it something like 6-6 for a lot of the game like, yeah it was saskatchewan really close. scored a lot yeah
2: yeah, the Riders blew it open in the fourth quarter and and won. So yeah, they're uh, they're pretty dominant when they have the lead after three quarters. And they had the lead after I think they're like twenty seven and zero in the last you know, four years or something like that when they have the lead after um, after the three quarters of play. And they put that one to bed pretty easily against Hamilton with a big fourth quarter. So yeah, Saskatchewan's going to be tough. Their defense was really good in that game, and that'll challenge the Elks' offense, which was you know okay. Didn't help themselves out, but they they made some plays. They they obviously have to be much better, and they have to get better field position from the defense, right? So... Yeah, it's lots right, of work. Who's, on. who's of work joining on. you tonight? Uh, we're going to talk with Blake Dermott off the top. We're going to go back and, and and check in with some some post game comments from the game on on Saturday night in Vancouver. Uh, Blake's going to join us, and we're also going to talk with Victor Kui, who will uh, fill us in oh, on, on, on on what to expect for opening night on Saturday. Which is, is you know, we, it's, I think it's time to turn the page, right? Uh, I mean, what happened happened, and there's nothing you and I can do about it. The team's got to solve their issues in their meetings and on their practice field. I think it's it's pretty exciting to get ready uh, for opening night, which will be on uh, on Saturday. Tonight, First game at home in a while, so uh, looking forward
1: to that. All right, Morley, have a good show, man. Thanks for checking in. Anytime, Reno. The Elks this week coming up with Morley Scott right after the 7.30 news. The uh, Blue Jays now up 9-0 on the Orioles. That's in the bottom of the sixth. NBA Finals, three and a half minutes left in the first quarter. Golden State leading Boston 17-8. Not a lot of points there yet. That series is tied 2-2. Big thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. Big thanks to Nick Skiller as well. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.
0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.